Live Smackdown Podcast in the Shadows Blick Doing the damn thing WWE It's good Josh Smackdown 205 Live with Atlantic Georgia last night Running in 205 first We had Lince Dorado picking up a victory Over Aria Davari We had uh, Brian, The Brian Kendrick uh, Turning on Akira Tozawa and taking a kendo stick to his opponent, gentleman Jack Gallagher. He uh, kind of just well, clearly has his own plan, and he's going to stick to it. It was, uh, you know, it was uh, fairly good stuff there. The crowd was tired, but I think that they were all, just, you know, still interested in what was going on at the, you know, last parts of the show. And in the main event, we had Oni Lorcan taking on Tony Beats, where Drew Gulak got involved, and Oni picked up the victory via DQ. Uh, don't want to say it's the last days of 205, but, you know, I mean, you never know what could happen, but it definitely seems like uh, they're preparing to begin the transitional process to uh, over to the NXT product. So uh, we'll ride it out. You know, see how long 205 Live last. But, uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll just go with it. Either way, uh, SmackDown Live opens up with New Day uh, taking on the new tag team champions in the Revival and Randy Orton. Randy still, uh, you know, got his deranged look when he was coming out. You know, he was still thinking, he clearly still thinking about the championship and, uh, Yo, man, I'm, it's good to see his character reinvigorated. Whoever he takes on next is, uh, I think, they're in for a true challenge. So it could be interesting to see uh, where this FTRKO thing can uh, potentially go if they're going to continue with it. So uh, that was cool. Uh, into the matches, uh, Kofi hitting the trouble in paradise. All one of the members of the revival is a nice little sequence that they set that up into. But, um, uh, real story here is uh, Rock Lesnar's music hit it, him coming out with the advocate himself and uh, formally challenging uh, our WWE champion to a match at Friday Night Smackdown in the premiere episode on Fox October 4th get your popcorn but um I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I think this is a great way to really promote the show to make it a, you know, must-see event. Brock Lesnar performing on SmackDown. That's a first time in a long time. And it's really great to see Brock back. I know him and Kofi can... Well, jeez. I've I seen a little bit of Beast in the East a couple of years ago. And I was actually good after watching that Brock and Kofi match. At the time, it was like, okay, Kofi has no chance of winning this. Now, after this run, or during this run, it's like, all right, well, we know he's a credible opponent, and we don't want to count Kofi out or anything like that. But at the end of the day, he's had a great run. He, uh, if it is written that, you know, this championship changes hands, and that is totally the way it's looking, you know, just as far as what's, you know, best for the television product goes, like, seemingly. 
you know, if Kofi beats Brock, I mean, maybe we could set up for something else in WWE full of shenanigans at times. But uh, realistically, it almost looks like uh, Brock is going to win the championship at Fox and um, it's going to be a very, very uh, interesting uh, shift in the WWE product. Uh, really, I would almost say starting off with that. But either way, uh, Kofi has no reason to look down on this. I would actually argue, just like I said with Randy, and I, I gave Randy and still do give Randy all the respect in the world. I don't know if uh, he's going to be able to follow up a title run like that with Kofi, but hey, it takes a lot more to stay there than it takes to get there. So, I mean, we've seen what Kofi's been capable of, and now you're going to see if he can get past this tough, tough challenge in the beast, Brock Lesnar. So, good opening segment. I'm excited for the Fox show. You know, it, it will Brock be able to... Uh, have a run, a, a memorable run, in the same way. We all know he is basically the epitome of the universal champion. There's no question about that. He is a combat sports god, you know. But, um, you know, is he just going to go back home and enjoy the fruits of his labor, or is he going to actually part of me? Part of that, joys of fatherhood. But, um, yeah, uh, is he going to go home and enjoy the fruits of his labor until it's time for the next big event to come through? Or are we going to see, you know, somewhat of a fighting champion? Are we going to see storylines and such like that in the Heyman Enhancement era? Uh, we're going we're gonna to find out. You know, I'm, I definitely have faith in uh, how Brock could be, uh, you know, scripted and such like that and, I wouldn't say promoted because he's already an attraction, but just how he helps develop and push certain storylines forward. Like it, it turns into a, a game of, all right, he's got the title. How do we get it off? Of him? <laughs> you know, so uh, good stuff. I was uh, I thought it was I thought it was a good way to really just promote the upcoming Fox show. All right. So we get backstage and. Uh, Eric Rowan is having an exclusive interview with Michael Cole. And uh, Rowan doesn't want to be disrespected anymore. He's tired of being overlooked and uh, being seen as one's intellectual equal and being Daniel Bryan when he's an intellectual superior. We're going to see how this continues to develop. I mean, it's going well so far. Rowan totally, I mean, being able to take out Roman, regardless of Harper's help or not, he definitely looks like a giant brute now. We'll see if this is a tag team thing or not. I'm glad that, you know, Harper's getting the opportunity to, uh, you know, be around so many tensors. We'll just see how it continues to develop. Ali is uh, slotted to take on the Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke Nakakontinental. Uh, flanked by his mouthpiece, Sami Zayn. And uh, it just turns out to be, you know, a sneak attack match never got started. Um, I think Sami is doing a good job 
but mm, maybe just not as much because we don't want him being the voice to overshadow uh, what Shinsuke is able to do. So that's really all I would say on that. Other than that, these guys are doing great together. Uh, you know, Sammy's totally healing it up. And, you know, the neck brace part was pretty funny. Like, I don't know how many times they should run that joke, but it was really funny to have, you know, just just good entertaining stuff. So, um, all in all, a good segment. Wasn't really a match, but um, Ali is looking like he's being thrust into the Intercontinental Championship picture finally since, like, uh, they were talking about last night. He technically did pick up a victory over the Intercontinental Champion. So, we're going to see. It's going to be the cool Batman promos, and that's just my one joke. I'm going to tell on that. Uh, with the outside of the backstage and the real feel and all that, and it's uh, taking on the artist. You know, I would like to see some more of uh, Shinsuke's different type swag to be highlighted, you know. And, like, if Sami Zayn is to be playing this role of, you know, translating the foreign art of Shinsuke's uh, style of combat, then uh, let Shinsuke go ahead and start, you know, giving us things to translate. That's the only uh, thing I would have to say about it. It's really not a suggestion or, or what they should do. Maybe it's what they could do. I don't even want to say it's a request, but it's like, hey, this is uh, what comes to mind if I'm trying to add my two cents to, you know, uh, the development of the characters outside of storyline. But like I said, all in all, it's a good second. Um, I don't really know how to feel about the next part. It's, it's interesting enough, but it does, we don't know where this is going to end up to translate with in-ring competition, but the best in the world, Shane O'Mac, is apparently uh, being sued by Kevin Owens, a uh, wrongful termination and all the rest of this, you know, just convoluted with the, you know, uh, crooked refereeing and all of that. And hey, I'm I'm just gonna let this storyline play out. If KO wins, he gets to fire Shane, and that's like really what he wants to do, you know. But beyond that, he's suing for twenty five million dollars what I mean hey I don't know anything about this stuff with the litigation and all of that so let's allow the storyline to play out and uh, see if it could get really interesting because it's somewhat interesting but it was definitely that soap opera feel last night with Smackdown but pushing storylines forward just coming off of a, a show. So uh, it wasn't bad. You know, it was a good way to keep this uh, rivalry rolling between those two. Excuse me. You're not going to get, um, you're not going to get Austin versus, you know, McMahon, you know, but, he, you know, it's definitely uh, Owens versus McMahon. And that's, you know, that's that's what we can uh, look for in, in 2019 and potentially maybe going into 2020 if these guys want to run it that long. But, um, yeah, it was 
it was good KO in the crowd and people with him and the security was, you know, sh- you know, Shano stretching some of the muscle and showing them. And, uh, it, it was all right, you know, it was all right. Not mad about it. We just see how it continues to develop. Um, in the backstage area, we had uh, lovely Caleb Braxton interviewing Bailey and Sasha Banks. And Bailey just, uh, like, the highlight of it for me, Bailey said, look, you know, we ain't even need to talk about, uh, or Sasha doesn't need to talk about Charlotte. And uh, all of the convo will be done in the ring. So, okay. And then Sasha turns and flicks her blue hair and keeps, they, they keep it moving. Like, oh, wow. That little hair flick thing, like, that was a nice little just ad. Like, we haven't seen something like that in a while. So, I think it, it's a nice little element to add to, you know, uh, you know, the backstage interviews. Of course, not with any, like, real disrespect. But it totally is like a heel thing. You get uh, heel Bailey tactics in the ring, interfering in the match and such like that. Sasha wins against Charlotte via disqualification. No, excuse me, Charlotte wins uh, via disqualification off of a moonsault to the outside which uh, ticked Bailey off enough to try to jump in. Now, I will say this. Uh, Charlotte is arcing too fast on her moonsaults. I've been following Charlotte doing the moonsault for some, I, I guess, years now, just because I, I, I like her athleticism. She's tall, you know, she's strong, high wiggy. But no, like, it's, uh, you know, like, we all know she's clearly talented and, Sometimes she, you know, over arcs when she's doing it in the ring. So to have the chance to see her jumping from the ring to the outside, it really showed me like, yeah, her legs are coming down too fast. And it's only because she's arcing way too fast. So, I mean, how at Ricochet or Gable or Dorado about how uh, how fast they're starting their arc or how how long they're leaving themselves out there before they start the arc, but it could be something great. I think Charlotte hitting that moonsault could, it, it's a thing of beauty if it lands correctly, because that, like, I think that would just be the cherry on top, you know? And we all know clearly she could pull that corkscrew, and we ain't seen it in a while. We'll see it in time, but it's, um, it's all good. But yeah, it was, you know, good stuff. Three out of the four horsewomen in the ring. And, uh, you know, Bailey with the heel tactics uh, for the DQ. Uh, who came out? Oh, they were, I think the numbers game was getting the best of Charlotte. And out came Carmella. No music, so it was a little bit of a surprise. We know Bay Mello was a thing back in, like, the early, early breaking ground days at NXT. And um, it should be real interesting to see how Carmella uh, meshes her way into this. We needed. I think Carmella, uh, you know, needed a little something else to do. So it's it's cool to have uh, her jumping in. She did beat Charlotte twice. Maybe that could be something that she brings up, you know, but still, like, being nice. But the queen and the princess are going to take on the boss and the badass. I don't care because Bailey's bad now. But shouts to, uh, shouts to that. And it was just good stuff. We'll see how this, uh, uh, this tag team. Uh, the tag team match, let's just call it that, uh, plays out next week. But maybe, just maybe, they might really be on to something with the Queen and the Princess as far as the women's tag team champion, or excuse me, the women's tag team championships go. Either way, we'll
we'll see how it goes and how it all develops. Uh, now, anyway. Uh, King of the Ring coronation of uh, Baron Corbin. First of all, I'm glad that you know the you know the the royal music and stuff like that was playing, and it was it was great to see him throwing his stuff with the King of the Ring garb. It was it was entertaining, you know, and he uh, slightly rubbed it in, but you know, with his speech, he definitely brought up, uh, you know, trying to be a little bit more benevolent in so many words. So he invited Chad Gable out. You know, he didn't want to overlook him and this turned into a bunch of short jokes again Chad Gable came out and uh Gable got pissed and literally uh tackled Corbin through the king's throne oh my god did they like saw it did they cut the was this pre it was pre-destroyed or just from a really bad uh reupholstery shop because that chair literally imploded. It was hilarious. Like Gable just destroyed the chair. It 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 was great. It made Gable look great. And just watching it, it was like, oh man. Like for me, it's like, man, they this this was really a they went so hard with this King of the Ring thing. And just to have it all look like this, like really? But Ultimately, the babyface did get the, you know, he did get the good look and the momentum at the end. And, you know, it was still great matches. It was a fun little story. Nice. It was good entertainment for the weeks that it ran. And plus, I mean, I'm glad that it did, uh, you know, get spread out throughout the week the way it did. I'm, I'm just with WWE television in itself and TV time and all of that, it was good. So that was fun. Shouts to the King of the Ring tournament. Like, it was cool. <laughs> you know, Gable stepped on the crown, destroyed the scepter, completely just ripped that chair apart, ripped up the robe, and that was cool. Next time we see King of the Ring, we don't know, but that was fun. We'll see if King Corbin or this character remains you know, it would be cool if Corbin came back with some, oh, man. But it'd be cool if Baron Corbin came back with, uh, you know, another one next week. <laughs> you know, like, just more stuff and such like that. But we'll see. But, yeah, it was it was cool. So, shouts to Corbin, you know, and shouts to Gable also. I, you know, it was, it was nice. I think WWE did it well. You know, it was some WWE-style stuff. You know, there's a regular tournament. But then there's a WWE King of the Ring sort of it, damn it. And it was it was funny. We had a triple threat. <laughs> you know, we had some good matches. We had some shenanigans on the other side of the SmackDown bracket. It was all just really fun stuff. It was it was it was cool. You know, it was it was all right. So shouts to how that all you know played out. We saw some of the uh superstars of, the, of tomorrow in so many tensions, you know. And I wasn't upset with any of it at all. I thought it was all again just highly, highly entertaining. So, uh, shouts to Corbin and shouts to Gable for uh, working well together and giving us the best match in the tournament. And maybe now they're going to have a little bit more of a rivalry. We don't know. These guys might just move forward. But we'll we'll find out. 
uh, what, next week on SmackDown Live? Heavy Machinery defeated the B team in a fairly short fashion. Uh, wasn't upset, wasn't mad about it. I thought it was uh, all right match. Otis and Tucker both, uh, you know, and ring competitors. Otis, uh, after taking the straps down, I guess that would be too provocative. So he just came out in the regular trunks and, uh, you know, did his thing and he got the look. Uh, if if you own it, then it definitely can work. It could be one of those things that uh, help the team get over as a team, but we'll just see. He'll definitely have to keep the tag team championship on his shoulder, though. But that's the only big joke I'm going to make because we all know that Otis is extremely accomplished right along with Tucker. But Tucker might be able to fit the championship around. Whatever, though. Either way, they pick up the victory over the B team. Uh, look, there's if there's a top of the tag division, there's definitely the other parts of the tag division. I'll let you decide where uh, the B team goes. All right, and in the main event segment, we had uh, Daniel Bryan, you know, out in the ring, and you know he's just cutting his promo on Rowan and such like that. Out uh, called Rowan a friend. Out comes Rowan. Pretty much said, nope, they wasn't really friends. And uh, Brian, uh, like, this is where the soap opera aspect really came in at again. Because you had, uh, you know, just a, just a back and forth argument in the ring. And things seemed like they was about to get physical. But then in comes Harper. Uh, then out comes Roman. And uh, while DB was down... Because of the numbers game, Roman uh, tried to save the day, but couldn't uh, because of the strength of what? I mean, I don't want to call them the Bludgeon Brothers because they, you know, uh, I, I guess aren't, you know, they're Harper and Rowan again. And it's fine. It's fine with me. However it goes, like, I, I see them as the Bludgeon Brothers, but the dominance, you know, like if they're Harper and Rowan now, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? But. These guys are totally being slotted to be a very dominant team and a team I can respect, I can get behind. I think uh, we'll just have to see the promo skills. I always thought between the two that Harper was a little more comfortable on the microphone, but uh, Rowan's getting the opportunity to practice, and I think it's, he's doing the most he can do with it very well. You know, We'll see how uh, Harper is trusted in the coming weeks. But just to have, you know, a big, strong partner with you, you know, watching your back, that's good. And, man, look, this is exactly, shouts to Street Profits, but this is exactly, like, to the exacts, exactly how you need to get Roman over. And I am saying that as an advocate. I appreciate how the crowd has taken to this. And this is exactly what everyone was looking for technically. Storylines where it doesn't feel like, oh man, he keeps winning championships. He's got to be strong. Sometimes it doesn't take all of that. Build the sympathy and not make them look weak. We all know Roman is strong, so it's going to take strong dudes to take Roman down. And that's what we got at Harper and Rowan. So very good stuff. I enjoyed 
Uh, I enjoyed the beat down, and I'm happy that DB and Roman are going to get the team together. So it's just uh, reinforced that they'll be, you know, being, you know, like the Roman will be getting cheered for, and it won't seem forced as much as it's like a genuine reaction from the crowd because of the fundamental character development that Roman Reigns has gone through throughout the, uh, you know, weeks of this storyline. So, uh, very good stuff. All in all, that was SmackDown Live. Uh, Shouts to everybody to bring you the podcast each and every week. Uh, That was 205 Live also. NXT tonight. I don't know too much about the characters nor the product, so I will be just paying attention and taking notes on the NXT product on, uh, you know, cable television, I would, I would feel left out of the loop if I wasn't present for that, you know, so, uh, to be able to say, yeah, I was watching the first ever, uh, official NXT program on, uh, cable broadcast television, you know, that's like, for me, it's an honor and privilege because as the history you know, continues to build itself, you know, it's, uh, I think NXT is going in the right direction, and, you know, in the business sense, it definitely is, it's it's everything and more that these guys uh, thought it could be, so, uh, and, hey, I'm not gonna sit here and, you know, try to get sentimental about it, Uh, Papa H said it best, Uh, it's just getting started, like, this is just, this is a simple checkpoint, you know, or <laughs> like this, this is just this is only the beginning, you know, of what these guys have had planned for the product throughout all of these years. So I'm very proud of all of the, the guys and girls over at the NXT product for, you know, helping transform, you know, just a develop a developmental segment, it almost seemed, you know, and, and like just transforming it and evolving it into something that people are going to be following potentially for years to come. And look, ain't, that is the alternative. And we'll just call it like that. Be responsible with your power this week, guys. Thank you, WWE, for an excellent week. We'll catch you guys next week for the rest of it. Peace.